0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On the Palouse, no one can hear you scream. I I certainly didn't scream Saturday night in Pullman, but I certainly wasn't thrilled as uh, some of Stanford's biggest issues this year cropped up again. And cost the card another win. We don't just cover the wins, folks. We're here for the losses, too. And we cover Stanford football and Stanford athletics better than anybody else in the podcast space. This is the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Podcast Network. Great to have you with us. Sunday, October seventeenth, 2021. I am fresh off the plane from Spokane. Just got into town about an hour ago. That that sounds kind of like a song there, doesn't it? But glad to have you with us as the TreeCast was on the road Checking out the, all the festivities from Stanford's doings up in Pullman against Washington State as the card couldn't protect an early lead. The offense couldn't run down the clock. The defense couldn't hold on to a late lead. And Tanner McKee couldn't even get off a pass on Stanford's final feudal drive. Washington State wins 34-31. And the card are back under 500 for the season. I'm Troy Clarity. Thanks for being here with us. Another year of hosting the Treecast, which has been coming at you since 2015. We joined the Believe Podcast Network uh, in March of 2020. This is my 29th season following Stanford football, and uh, in my eighth year of Pac-12 Network play-by-play. Busy stuff in the in the days ahead for me on that. Looking forward to getting deeper and deeper into the fall sports season there. And I mentioned that we're on the Believe Podcast Network. Hey, you know what? You can certainly subscribe to us. And this show, via whatever your favorite listening app, just happens to be the Believe Podcast Network is just the just the distribution, just the way that we come to you. But we are available via Google Podcasts, Apple Play, or is it Google Podcasts? No, it's Google Play and Apple Podcasts. I just got off the plate, folks. I, I'm sorry. Google Play and Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Alexa, Stitcher. No matter which way you choose to listen, the treecast is there for you. So subscribe, rate, and review the show, and uh, share the show as well. I certainly thank uh, those of you who have done so to this point. Um, there's a big difference between having a three and four record and a four and three. Contrast how Stanford's feeling about feeling about things right about now versus where the Cougs are, and there's a big difference between. Being up 17 nothing, or 21 nothing, and being up 13 nothing, and when Stanford kicked a field goal to take a 13 nothing lead late in the first quarter, I was in the press box in Pullman, and I was feeling like, oh boy, this should be at least 17 nothing. This could be a problem. I wasn't alone.
1: David Shaw felt the same way too. We had three great drives in the first half but only came away with 13 points. When you're on the road, those have to be touchdowns that can't be field goals. Um, We need minimum two touchdowns in a field goal, if not three touchdowns, because you know, teams at home, they're going to come back and they're going to fight you. And uh, so we, we, even though we had the lead, we still put ourselves in a hole. Defensively, we got stops, got off the field. Offensively, we drove down the field, but we should have had 21 points instead of 13.
0: Yeah, and in some ways, it's a thin line. But in other ways, it's a pretty wide gap. Uh, Either way you look at it, Stanford ends up on the wrong side of it again. We'll get you three things you need to know from... Saturday night's game, but first a reminder, all eyes on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season, and it's always been online as your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't bo- don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V. To receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, let's dive into this. Three things you need to know from Stanford's result at Washington State, beginning with number one. <laughs> and one surefire way to fritter away a 13 nothing lead is to get sloppy. Stanford did that. They got flagged six times in the first half. Washington State accepted five of those penalties. The defense was called offsides four times in the second quarter alone. Three of those were accepted. And of course, maybe the game's key sequence later in the second quarter, 3.31 to go before the half, as a matter of fact, with the game tied at 13, Washington State fourth and one at the Stanford nine, Wazoo quarterback Jaden DeLara avoided a big sack from Gabe Reed, who had Jaden DeLara pinned for about maybe a 15, 20 yard loss. DeLara somehow got the pass away, but it was knocked away in the end zone by Stanford safety Kendall Williamson. So a turnover on downs, but on the very next play, Nate Pete fumbles. Washington State recovers at the Stanford 10, then they cash in on a touchdown to take the lead on the very next play. So after looking crisp, and like a team that wasn't beaten up and playing on a short week as they had against Arizona State, Stanford just devolved into a team that couldn't get out of its own way with penalties and the critical turnover deep in its own territory. Oh, special teams wasn't immune either. Got called on offsides on kickoffs twice. An illegal formation on a punt that resulted in a first down, holding on a punt return, and unnecessary roughness on a punt? Ugh. That's a good way to lose a ball game. Let's move on to number. Stanford had a 31-27 lead despite coughing up that early big advantage. Stanford up by four with 6:27 to go. Time to run down the clock, and the Cardinal got one first down. Then they faced third and six from the Washington State 49 with 3:37 to go. McKee took the snap. And on what looked like a potentially busted play, held onto the ball, ate it, and got stopped for a six-yard loss. It was technically called a sack, which, in a sense, it was. Well, what happened on that play? I asked David Shaw after the game.
1: Uh, it was a tight end screen. So what they had done is they had shown pressure and dropped out the whole game. So we were anticipating they were going to drop out again. Uh, they didn't drop out, typically, on a screen. We tell the quarterback to, to dirt the ball. But I told Tanner not to, right? Because we wanted the clock to run. So if it wasn't there, just to just to muddle forward and get get some positive yards if he can. But really keep the clock running and make them take that timeout, which they did. Um, so yeah, we we took a chance. Didn't want to drop back and throw it. Uh, Threw a deep. Wanted to run the ball. Uh, but then we found a you know a screen that we've been working on honestly for for, two, for three weeks. Um, just they called the right defense. You know, if they called what they've been calling the whole game, it would have been great. They switched it up at the right time and got us. Yeah, Washington State wins that chess
0: match. They won a bunch of others, too. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, but the Cougs got the ball back with 3:27 left after a subpar punt from Ryan Sanborn. He really struggled at some key points on Saturday night, by the way. And the Cougs got the game-winning score two minutes later. Max Borgie from a couple yards out putting Washington State ahead to, go, to stay with a minute 30 remaining. But the biggest issue here, especially when considering what went into that call on third and six, is that, again, Stanford isn't physical enough to mash people, run down the clock, and get into more favorable third down situations while doing so. No matter how many defenders are in the box. Let's finish up three things with number three. And oh, by the way, that's five straight times Washington State has beaten Stanford. Five. And judging from how that that 2015 game went, the last time that Stanford won, maybe it should be six. But Stanford once again comes up short against the Cougs, which, given Stanford's success against Oregon and Washington and USC and Cal, it doesn't quite mesh. It's like one of these things is not like the others, right? Well, I asked Stanford defensive end Thomas Booker what he makes of
2: it. Yeah, it's disappointing. You know, um, obviously they have a great football team, and that's why they've rattled off those wins. But um, I feel like, again, the offense put us in a position to end the game um, at the end of this one, right? That's all you can ask for is as a defense to be able to come out in the field and end the game. And we just didn't do that, you know. So. Um, Definitely disappointing, but hats off to them. They're, They're a great program. Yeah, and
0: Washington State head coach Nick Rolovich got the Gatorade shower on the field after the game, which seemed odd until you remembered that he might not be the Washington State head coach by the end of this week for something that he claims is out of his hands when it was totally in his hands right from the start. But, you know what, Washington State's issues largely outside of the scope of this show stanford's problems however that's in our wheelhouse (laughs) well within the scope of this show those are three things and we'll dive into some of those problems here in just a moment or so tanner mckee his numbers 23 of 32 for 273 yards two touchdowns no picks so good to see him back in the zero interception column For a game but a bit streaky started five of five for 80 yards with a 45-yard touchdown to Ben Yurasek on the opening drive a thing of beauty Wazoo got sucked in on the play fake and Yurasek snuck behind everyone and uh, made the catch for the 45-yard score so McKee started five of five for 80 yards then one of his next seven for 10 yards but finished 17 of his final 20 for 183 yards and another score, had nine consecutive completions at one point. Austin Jones, nine catches on nine targets for 75 yards and a touchdown. Another quiet night for Stanford running backs on the ground, though. Jones, uh, Nate Pete, Casey Filkins combining for just 53 yards on 23 carries. Speaking of Filkins, uh, of note, he could not finish the game due to injury. And uh, Miles Hinton left the game On the drive when Stanford was trying to run out the clock in the fourth quarter, Branson Bragg moved from right guard to right tackle, and then Jake Hornerbrook stepped in uh, at right guard. Hornerbrook had gotten in some playing time earlier at left guard um, in that game. Uh, Some new faces who got some playing time. Wide receiver Jason Raines. uh, Freshman outside linebacker Wilfredo Abar. You might remember David Shaw giving him a shout-out during the preseason as far as youngsters uh, who were standing out during the course of fall drills. Uh, Cornerback Brandon Jones also uh, getting some playing time as well. Outside linebacker Andres Fox. Good to see him back. He also saw some time in the second half, as did cornerback Zeron Manley, who played throughout, and wide receiver Bryce Farrell, Fer- who uh, made their returns to the playing field. Well, that first quarter went almost how Stanford probably drew it up, but if it had gone completely how they drawn it up, it, it, would be, it would have been 21-0 at the end of it. But, to me, the game started to turn on the final play of that first quarter. Max Borgie, uh, Washington State's uh, very versatile and very physical running back, had not bottled up to that point. But on that final play of the first quarter, he burst for 25 yards in the draw, then got 13 more yards on another draw on the first play of the second quarter. And then right after that, Jaden DeLara hit Calvin Jackson for a 32-yard touchdown, and the Cougs were on the board, 13-7. Just like that, Washington State right back in it. That drive changed the game. And on those three plays in particular, Stanford's inside linebackers pawns in that chess game. First quarter, Ricky Miazon, Lavanya Mooney, they were magnificent. Miazon was just blowing up. Washington State's pass protection with their running backs who were left in the block. Lavani Mooney forcing an intentional grounding and a tremendous loss of 19 yards. They were flying all over. They were making plays. They were smacking Max Borgi, and they were chasing Delara everywhere. But on this drive, Washington State started lining up in a formation and using a personnel grouping that forced one of those linebackers, usually liaison, out of the box and out into coverage. So with just one inside linebacker in the box, that opened it up for the draws to Borgie that got big yards, one fewer tackler in the box for him to deal with. And it also put an inside linebacker on a wide receiver in coverage. That touchdown pass came when Jackson beat the Mooney on a post pattern. That's a mismatch, a tremendous mismatch. And from that drive on, Washington State had its best success when it forced Stanford's inside linebackers on its wide receivers. Early third quarter, Wazoo had a, four, had a big 48-yard play as uh, Miazon tried to cover a wide receiver down the sideline. That didn't work. Now, Stanford was missing inside linebacker Tristan Sinclair. He was out for the game with an undisclosed injury. That was uh, found out uh, before the game uh, began. And maybe his athleticism would have helped. Uh, in that standpoint in coverage, but no two ways around it. Washington State won that chess match convincingly, convincingly. And that's how they did it, with scheme, with personnel, and with execution. Now, still some moments of brilliance for Stanford's defense— after the game, Stanford defensive end, Thomas Booker took us through the roller coaster on that side of the ball for the Cardinals. I think
2: when, when things were going right, we were playing physical assignment, uh, assignment sound defense. Um, you know, this is kind of a similarity uh, through our games this year. When we play extremely assignment sound, you know, eye discipline defense, then we can get guys out the field very, very quickly. You know, you saw at the beginning of the game, uh, two, three and outs, uh, fourth down stop. You know, these are things that our defense is capable of doing on a on a weekly basis. And I think when we're not playing that type of football, that's when stuff starts getting opened up. You know, when the passer has too much time in the pocket, right? Um, I can't speak to the secondary because I don't play over there, but you know, they have their keys as well. So I think uh, you kind of see some of those collapses when people get off of their keys uh, and start trying to do too much. Uh, so yeah, that's our that's our thing every single week. You know, you're not you're not trying to search for the play. You know, the play will come to you if you're doing your job and it will come to you and you'll make it, you know, you don't have to do anything extra.
0: Yeah, it, it's what the Stanford defensive players like to say. Do your 111th. And we saw Stanford kill Washington State's interior O-line with stunts. Uh, Stephen Heron, Gabe Reed in particular, those two were hard to handle when they were coming in on stunts. But overall, too many explosive plays given up. Way too many. The biggest coming on the very first play of Washington State's game winning drive. Dolores connecting with Calvin Jackson over Kaio Blue Kelly for 41 yards. That's how that drive started. And you were like, "Uh uh-oh. And a bit of redemption for Dolores. He he overthrew uh, an open Jackson on what should have been a 71-yard dagger touchdown early in the fourth quarter. It wasn't. Stanford later came back to take the lead. And for a time, that overthrow, that play not the terrible defensive pass interference call against the Cougs that led to a much-needed Stanford touchdown, that overthrow was looming as the key play of the game to me, and had the Cougs lost, it would have been the key play of the game to me. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And Stanford made too many mistakes defensively to win. Intriguingly enough, Washington State did some of its best work defensively with its best player out. Weakside linebacker uh, Jihad Woods Got ejected for targeting late in the first quarter. He's their best defensive player. Not much effect for Washington State defensively, at least not throughout the rest of the first half anyway. So the Stanford defense lost the chess matches that were the most crucial in the outcome of the game offensively a mixed bag as well uh the good news uh i'll I'll go through that since i'm a nice guy and i'm a positive guy overall most of you know that austin jones was a factor it was good to see him start to factor back into the game plan uh for stanford offensively now unfortunately it wasn't in running the ball but as a receiver out of the backfield did great did his job there we mentioned nine catches on nine targets 75 yards, and that was a grown man's touchdown he scored to give Stanford the lead with 7.32 to go. Shedding one tackler, slithering off another, and then taking two Cougs with him into the end zone for the score. That was good stuff. Shaw was pleased to see Jones find different ways to be productive beyond just carrying the rock.
1: Yeah, Austin's one of our leaders. Um, he's worked so hard. He had a some time. He came back. Uh, and he's done everything we've asked up to this point, you know, um, you know, Casey couldn't finish the game. We've we've had to rotate our back so much, um, thought both guys played really well tonight and, uh, run and pass, you know, we're gonna continue to need them, uh, going forward and we'll see what happens with Casey. We'll see what happens with EJ. Um, but I thought, you know, Austin gets grave, his typical great effort tonight had some opportunities and made the most of them.
0: Yeah. It's been a rough season for Austin Jones to this point. Um, and if I had to say right now who the best running back on Stanford's team is, uh, Nate, beat certain, Nate Pete has certainly played the best of any of Stanford's running backs that we have seen so far. Jones is probably still a bit more of the complete package than Pete, but Pete has played better, and, and he's trended upwards for much of the year. But nice to see Jones start to get a little more work and to have an impact uh, for the Stanford offense in a positive fashion uh, as he did against the Washington State Cougars on Saturday night. There were other things I liked as well. Um, misdirection. Stanford used it in the first quarter. Ben Yorosic on the end around. We talked about this last week. How do you combat a quick defense? You use misdirection, use a defensive speed, which can be a big time strength. Use it against them. Get the flow of the play running one way and then come back the other. I like that. Casey Philkins taken over as the wildcat back for the Cardinal. Those were on back-to-back plays, by the way. Uh, Silas Starr, starting in place of of John Humphreys, made a couple nice grabs, one early and another one late. And Tanner McKee with a couple more NFL-worthy throws. But not enough and a lot lacking. Austin Jones tells us what didn't go right.
1: Uh, truly it's just execution. We have to execute better as a team. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where we kind of have lapses in our offense where we're having long kind of draw outs where we're not getting enough first downs or anything like that. So it's really, it really falls back on us as a team. We got to be more efficient, like coach said, and just continue just to sustain more longer, longer drives.
0: That's Austin Jones in there. Yeah. How about this? Stanford had just two rushes of 10 yards or more. And they came from Ben Urosik, a tight end, and Tanner McKee, the quarterback. Not optimal. Not optimal at all. And oh, by the way, I think this team missed missed Tucker Fisk in a big way on both sides of the ball. Fisk, a terrific run blocker. When we've seen him out there, uh, particularly against uh, USC and Vanderbilt, Man, he was he was a bit of a a bit of a beast out there in run blocking. I've seen better run blocking from him, quite honestly, than I have from the offensive line for the most part. And he had become more of a presence on the defensive line as well. So this this offense really missed Tucker Fisk as, as part of the power gear of their of their run blocking scheme and certainly on the defensive line um, as well. So with all of that, it's now the bye week. And Stanford heads into it at 3-4 and on the season. And coming off of a disappointing loss on the road, in Pac-12 North play, Austin Jones had a simple message for his guys to get everyone's minds right for the week ahead.
1: Went to every single person on the team, and I said, you got to come back ready to work Monday, plain and simply. You know, it's going to hurt. This is going to hurt, most definitely. But at the end of the day, all we can do is come back and work. We can't sit back on losses and just you know, think about all oh, what have we could do. You've got to continue to move forward, get guys back healthy, work on our bodies, and just continue to push forward because I know that we have every single piece that we need on this team in order to win games.
0: Yeah, Stanford has the pieces, but the problem is many of them have been dressed on game day. The offense missed J- John Humphreys against the Cougs. They've been missing Mike Wilson and EJ Smith. They also missed Bryson Tremaine. The defense has missed Jonathan McGill and Salim Turner-Muhammad. The offense and defense have missed Tucker Fisk. We just covered that.
1: So, given that, it's no secret what David Shaw's agenda is for the bye week. It is a combination of getting some guys healthy, but also getting a lot of guys a break. Um, it's been one hell of a schedule. It really has. A lot of traveling. I you know. Uh, played seven games and five teams at one point in time were in the top 25. I don't know if anybody's played that. Uh, this entire year. Uh, but it's been a hell of a stretch. And our guys need a break where you get off our feet, get a couple of guys back healthy, uh, and see if we can finish this season uh, on the kind of run that we were capable of.
0: Yeah, Stanford is slated to have guys coming back for the Washington game in a couple of weeks' time. We'll see if Miles Hinton injury that he suffered late uh, against Washington State uh, could potentially bears watching. Shaw had no info on that when I asked him after the game. So Stanford has guys that are slated to be coming back after the bye week. That's good news. But it still leaves us here with Stanford still looking for a 60-minute game, still looking for consistency on defense, still looking for consistent run blocking. Offensive line hasn't been strong or quick enough to this point. Could also say the same for the defensive line. Still looking for entire position units to to not be absent by health or injury. And above all, still searching for wins now. After that exhilarating, if not overly dramatic win for Stanford against Oregon a couple weeks ago, Stanford's now dropped back-to-back contests. now find, find themselves at three and four. And the bowl math starting to get a bit more difficult. Now, this is the back half of Stanford's schedule, which, you know, you heard David Shaw discuss how tough the first half of it was. So, yeah, on paper the second half is easier, but Stanford's going to need to put it, put it all together and play a whole lot better for that bowl to be iced in favor of the Cardinal. Now, glad I went up to uh, up to Pullman. It's it's it, it quite honestly, Pullman is maybe my favorite spot to visit in the Pac-12. It, it, it's a really cool vibe up there, um, a vibe that you don't find really anywhere else in the conference. I've got a lot of friends up there. It was great to see them and and, and hang out with them. And I, I do have you know a bit of bit of reverence for 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 the Cougs for 364 days out of the year. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Saturday was day 365. But cool to be up there, cool to be on the road. But looking forward to spending a few more weeks at Stanford Stadium in the weeks ahead. And hoping that Stanford can find a way to put it all together for the stretch run. As always, I love hearing from you. You've got thoughts on Stanford football, Stanford Athletics, the best thing to do is to get on the the Twitter machine, the tweets and hit me with the hashtag Treecast. That's the best way to ensure that I see what you have on your mind. Hashtag TreeCast, the way to go there. Subscribe, rate and review, enjoy, even where we might not be talking about things that necessarily are enjoyable, and share the show. We certainly appreciate it when you do all of those things. I believe that we are on track to come at you middle of this week. We'll probably do like some, some, some mid-season kind of look at the Stanford Cardinal, take a snapshot at the first seven games and what needs to happen in the final five games for Stanford to be playing somewhere um, in December. So uh, in all likelihood, that'll likely come middle of this week. Looking forward to it. You heard from David Shaw, you heard from Thomas Booker, and you heard from Austin Jones as they helped us break down another disappointing loss for the Cardinal. So we'll talk to you next time on the TreeCast. Don't drink and drive if you do. You're the dumbest person on the planet. And as I've been saying the past few months, you can't back the pack if you don't back the vac. Talk to you next time on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.